So Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 through 18. The Bible says, Abraham traveled from there south to Negev, Negev and settled down between Kadesh and Sur. And while he was camping in Harar, Abraham said to his wife, Sarah, said of his wife, Sarah, she's my sister. But God came to Abimelech in a dream that night and told him, you're as good as dead. That woman you took, she's a married woman. Now Abimelech had not slept with her, hadn't so much as touched her. He said, Master, would you kill an innocent man? Didn't he tell me she's my sister? And didn't she herself say, he's my brother? I had no idea I was doing anything wrong when I did this. God said to him in a dream, yes, I know your intentions were pure. That's why I kept you from sinning against me. I was the one who had kept you from going to bed with her. Now, or so now give this man's wife back to him. He's a prophet and will pray for you, pray for your life. If you don't give her back, know that certain death, both for you and everyone in your family. Abimelech was up first thing in the morning. He called all his house servants together and told them the whole story. They were shocked. Then Abimelech called in Abraham and said, what have you done to us? What have I ever done to you that you would bring on me and my kingdom this huge offense? What you've done to me ought never have been done. Abimelech went on to Abraham, whatever you're thinking, or whatever were you thinking of when you did this thing. Abraham said, I, was, I just assumed that there was no fear of God in this place and that they'd kill me to get to my wife. Besides, the truth is she's my half-sister. Is that really the truth? <laughs> Besides, the truth is that she's my half-sister. She's my father's daughter, but not my mother's. When God sent me out as a wanderer from my father's home, I told her, do me a favor. Wherever we go, tell all the people that I'm your brother. Then Abimelech gave Sarah back to Abraham, and along with her sent sheep and, and cattle and servants, both male and female. He said, my land is open to you. Live wherever you wish. And to Sarah, he said, I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver that clears you of any shadow of suspicion before the eyes of the world. You're vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his maidservants, and they started having babies again, for God has shut down every womb in Abimelech's household on account of Sarah, Abraham's wife. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. I had to, I had to read it. Now, I need to do something for me. When we pray, I also want you to put your big kid pants on. We're not talking about finding Nemo. Cars is over. We're talking big kid stuff. So please don't get offended. Just know I'm trying to help. Is that fair? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for what we feel in this place. Thank you, God, for the kids running, worshiping, jumping, loving to be in your presence. Thankful, God, that I could feel what I'm feeling in this place. Thankful I could stand before men and women I call my family. Thankful that I'm forgiven. Thankful that I'm not perfect, but I've been pardoned. Thankful that I have an opportunity to listen to your spirit. God, help me say something of value. Help me when your people leave and pull out of the parking lot and go around without their, about the rest of the week that they would leave with something that would help them. God, change us. God, let our minds and hearts be open to the truth and ready to accept. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but leave it to Beaver is left. Mayberry's a distant memory, and the Waltons have already said goodnight. The day we live is different. The climate has changed. The modern age has impacted and shaped our families. 
As we're seeing now, the goal of this modern age is not really to shape, but to redefine family. And unfortunately, we will never be able to go back to yesterday. Therefore, we must learn to deal with today as well as tomorrow. However, even though there are, we are in this modern age, this 21st century, I believe there's still some old truth that we need to hear today. There's some basic beliefs that we're going to have to agree upon going into this series. So before I can go any further, you and I have to agree on a few things. Number one, marriage and family matters to God. And more specifically, your marriage and your family matters to him. Not only did he institute the first marriage and family, but he's involved in yours right now. There isn't one marriage or one family in this room or those that are watching online that God isn't intertwined in. It is just that there are moments when we are more aware of him and at times we are less aware of him. The second thing we have to agree on is happily ever after doesn't have to be a fairy tale, but does require hard and consistent work. You don't stumble into a perfect marriage or perfect family. A bad marriage only becomes a good marriage with work. A good marriage only becomes a great marriage with work. A difficult family life only turns around through hard work. In this series, we're going to talk about some very important things that will help your family be better. However, before I do that, I want to share something I feel we need to address first. The first thing I believe we need to address is that we give our marriages and families away. Abraham gave his marriage away. He did it to protect himself. And when you hear him tell it, doesn't it sound logical? When you hear Abraham tell it, if you read the story, we only read 18 verses, but if you go back and read it, it sounds logical. But any way you slice it, dice it, smother it, cover it, examine it, he gave his wife away. This account took place thousands of years ago, but sounds like today, sounds like the 21st century. Too many of us are giving our families and our marriages away. The reasons may even sound good. The excuses sound logical, although logical doesn't equal good or right. I had to make a living. I couldn't let anyone hurt me ever again. I needed space. We just grew apart. And the famous one, I'm just too busy. The result of the daily choices with our time, our attention, energy, and effort result in us giving our marriage and families away. We trade in for money. We trade in for selfish ambition. We trade it in for success. Abraham made excuses, but the truth is he still put his family at risk. What would have happened if the king hadn't heard from God? What would the cost have been? What would have been the result if the king had continued to pursue a relationship with Sarah? Death to him, his household, what would it have done to Abraham? What would it have done to Sarah? He all gave it away to save his neck, possibly death to Abraham when the king's family found out. Oh, by the way, Abraham had did this once before in Genesis chapter 12. 25 years earlier, Abraham did the same thing when he lied to Pharaoh saying, yeah, she's my sister. When he went to Egypt and tried to find food for a famine, he said, oh, yeah, that's not my wife. That's my sister. What you give away once is easier to give away the next time. You felt guilty the first time. You couldn't sleep the first time you checked out. Your stomach was upset the first time. The first time there was pain. The first time there was division. The first time there was distance. You were headed in different directions. But now you give your marriage and family away and never even hesitate. You can go months without interaction. You can go months without meaningful conversation, months without intimacy, and there's not a second thought nor pause. I am not looking for one amen. I'm not looking for one clap. I know I'm preaching in a library today. I'm not looking for it. You can just stare at me all you want, but I need to address this. Abraham literally put his wife and his family at risk to save his own neck. 
I wonder how many of us are putting our spouse and our families at risk to make us feel better, more successful, more fulfilled, more attracted, more wanted, or more needed. We run away from home and never leave the house. Some of us need to have an Abraham moment where someone looks us square in the eye and says, what were you thinking when you did this? Have you lost your mind? Is the risk really worth the end result? Is the bigger paycheck really worth losing intimacy? Are, there, are the goosebumps of flirting really worth the pain it's going to cause him? Is the glimpse of her fake body on the screen really worth the incredible damage it's going to do to the trust level of your spouse? You are literally giving your marriage and family away one choice, one assumption, one selfish moment at a time. Selfishness in a marriage and family will kill it quicker than anything. That's why we're told to prefer one another over ourselves. That's why the husband is told to love their wife like Christ loved the church and give himself for her. Abraham was more worried about his own neck than his own wife. Now, I know it sounds like I'm letting the women off the hook, but just, just, just place it all you want to. There, there's, there's people, there's women that are giving their, their husbands away. There's men that are giving their, but, well, pastor, I'm not giving them to a pagan king. I know, I know, but you're more in love with this than you are in love with him. You're more in love with this than you are with her. You spend all this time, I, I wonder this thing can track how many, how long of conversations you have with your spouse. Mm-hmm. I'm coming, brother. Just wait, I'm on my way. <laughs> See, Abraham was worried about his old neck. He avoided risk and put her at risk. Adam put Eve at risk by allowing her to have an encounter with the enemy without him there to protect her. And generations have followed and continue to pay the price for his comfort. Refuse to leave your spouse and your children exposed to risk. Don't give your marriage or your family away. Now that being said, God can and he will give you your marriage and families back. I want you to notice something that Abimelech didn't even realize he had done anything wrong until he was confronted. God in his great love for marriage and family steps in and restores the relationship. God gives a command to a king, give him his wife back. In this 21st century, let me tell you that God can still utter and issue the same command. Give them their love back. He can step in and say, give them their trust back. Give them their desire back. Give them their family back. Give them their marriage back. The same God that talked to a pagan king and said, don't you dare touch her because that's another man's wife. Is the same God that can walk in and say, you know what? Give them their desire back. Make that intimacy come back. Let them have conversation again. Let them fall in love again. That same God that spoke to a, a pagan king in a dream can speak to this marriage as well. I'm telling you, God can and he will restore marriage. Because if God can step in to a heathen, although upright king and instruct and restore the marriage, he can step in today and override your work schedule, your lust, your laziness, your anger, and your pain. He can and will turn anything and everything around that needs to be altered to get you to your marriage, to get you and your marriage and your family back. If you allow him to do it, that's the key. See, and while he does it, he even brought up a blessing. This is where I have a problem. Is that Abraham messed up, put his wife at risk, but God so honored their relationship. Rick and I was talking about this and written gave me a preaching point. God so honored the relationship that Abraham and he had and that even in the midst of a stupid decision, I mean, uh, a stupid decision, that he walked in and said, and he not only protected his wife, but they walked away blessed. 
What I'm telling you is I don't care what decision you've made. As long as you're still in it and you let God get in it, he can turn it around. And what you thought was going to be any relationship, God can bring it back and you can leave blessed. I'm telling you, if God can do it back then, he can do it now. There's no difference. He can restore marriages. He can bring families back. He can mend broken hearts. It's the same God. See, a damaged marriage doesn't have to equate to a doomed marriage. A broken family doesn't have to equate to a busted family. God still has the ability to bind up the broken and turn the helpless situations around. Notice that in spite of his bad choices, not only God gives Abraham his wife back, but he gives her back untouched. Maybe that's the prayer that we should be praying. God, give me my husband back, my wife back, my kids back, and give them back to me untouched unharmed by the world. All the decisions that we made, God, not only restore, but restore them untouched. God, give me something out of this decision. Let my relationship with you, if it means anything, God, would you please fix what I messed up and then I only could be blessed that I, when I have her back, she's unharmed, she's untouched, and she's able to love me again. I don't know who I'm talking to. I might be just talking to Facebook. In other words, God can restore your marriage and you could be better off than you were before you made the dumb decision. God can heal the hurtful words that were spoken in anger and bring health back to your family. He can overturn all the evil and make it good. He can set you up in a stronger financial place after the mistake. This passage reveals God's love and commitment to our marriage and family. Some of us need to rest in this truth. God is working on your marriage and family and he's actively involved. I talked to many people about this scripture. And what would you do? Like, hey, baby, (laughs) telling me my brother, because I like my head and all. But this is crazy. Because what would you give away to save your own neck? I know, baby. Just me and you, I think, right now against everybody. What would you give away? Let me ask you right now what are you giving away now? See, he traded his wife for his own neck. What are you trading your spouse for? Well, pastor, they're right here, right next to me. I know they are physically. But there's other things in your life that seem more important. But what I like about this is that I don't have to be perfect. We're looking at the father of the faithful. We're looking at at Abraham. We're looking at the one, and he's made a mistake What's crazy about it, and I don't understand it, and please don't ask me to explain it, and, and, and please don't, don't comment in, in the Facebook because I don't have an answer, but he, he lied. And God said, go talk to him because he's my prophet. He did it again. It's the second time he did it. What God is basically trying to say is that you can still be used by me after dumb decisions, and I can still restore your family after dumb decisions. I'm not a one-and-done God. I'm a God of mercy, and if you give me a chance to work in your life, I'll work in it, and I'll actually bless you. Do you see all this stuff? This pagan king gets visited by God. His entire household is cursed, walks out the next morning to the man lied to him and said, hey, you know, you see all this? You can go where you want to. Oh, oh, here, and bring on the camels, and bring on the sheep, and here's all this stuff. I don't understand. I'm like, God, why would you bless a guy that lied? Why are you telling me all this, Pastor? Because you think you need to be perfect for God to fix it. 
You think you don't qualify because you lied. Congrat, welcome to the club. You think you don't qualify because you were deceitful. Welcome to the club. You think you don't qualify because you're a Christian. You're supposed to have faith. The father of faith will lie twice. The same lie in 25 years. You think after two and a half decades, he got it right. He's still doing the same lie. What is it saying? That we're still on the same faith journey together. And if we're going to save our families, and we're going to save our marriages, and we're going to save our relationship with our kids, we have to let God actually restore. And here's the big thing is that we don't have to, we can stop acting like we have everything perfect. You want to see church folk get itchy, start talking about there might be a problem at the house. If you want people to quit the church, correct their kids. Todd, mm. you got to teach me how to play, brother. I'll, I'll do it myself. Boom, 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 boom. You want people to leave the church, correct their kids and actually touch the sin that they like. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that you're in adultery. I'm not saying that you don't love your spouse. But what I'm saying is you better be careful because it's easy to trade them. It's easy to trade them for time. We can't edit this stuff, Rick, because it goes on live. I'm about to, I want to. It's this thing has ruined more relationships than I don't know what. Do me a favor. <laughs> Try to actually talk to the one you're going to say you're going to spend the rest of your life with instead of this. What's on Facebook? Who cares what's on Facebook, man? What about Instagram? I don't insta-care. You know, you got people ruining their lives looking at other people's lives. When did we stop living and get our joy out of watching other people live? I'm in the Caribbean. I'm not. I don't care where you are. I'm freezing. It's raining. I'm this. I'm that. Look what I'm eating. I don't care what you're eating. I'm not watching you post about food and Big Macs and all these eating challenges. I'm, not, I'm trying to stay safe and I'm trying to stay in love with my wife. I can't be watching all this crazy stuff. And guys, you have to say it now. You can't edit it out. If you got a problem watching certain things, keep your phone out of the bathroom. Mmm. Mm, 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 mm. That's good preaching. I know you don't like it. That's a good preaching. If you can't keep from watching stuff, lock the internet down. Because I promise the thing that you're looking at, they ain't interested in you. I'm, I'm trying to be nice because children are here. I'm trying to be real nice. But too many people are ruining their marriages. I like the internet. I like watching shows, but you know what? I like talking to my wife better. What are you giving it away? See, you have to do your part, and he's going to do his part. What are you doing to make sure that the one that you said, I, uh, I do and I'll stay with you for the rest of my life, is completely madly in love with you? Are you ignoring them? Are you coming in the house talking on the phone? Are you spending all the time checking social media? Uh, this is what I was going to say. I don't think they're going to watch it. They watch it. I don't care. I had two guys that actually work for me while I'm talking on them. Both of them are looking at this thing. I almost lost my Holy Ghost all up in work. 
It's become the norm so much you can't even talk to people without this thing. When's the last time that you, you, you took a, a weekend off of this and actually talked to your spouse? Pastor, I couldn't do that. I would, I would lose my mind. I, I can actually talk to them. So God can protect your marriage even in the middle of bad choices. God can bless your family right in the middle of a mistake, even if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, even if your relationship isn't what it's supposed to be or what you thought it would be or what it should be, even though pain has been inflicted and hope seems hopeless, right in the middle of your imperfect family, an ancient but timeless God can give you back your relationship. But here it is. It's this whole giving and getting. What are you giving away and what are you giving or getting back in return? So, Pastor, I think we're growing apart. You know what that's called? Ignoring each other for a long time. Well, Pastor, I, I feel like I'm falling out of love. You don't fall in and out of love. Love is action. The more I do for my wife, the more I love for it. It just, I hate this whole thing, soulmate. Are y'all married to your soulmate? Please don't say that because you're setting yourself up for failure. Because if it's my soulmate, that means I don't have to do anything to keep them. God gave them to me, so I don't have to do anything to keep them. And you can call me a soulmate all you want to, but if, if that's an excuse for you not to work on your marriage, call them something else. I want you to have an awesome marriage. But what are you giving and what are you getting? When, I know I said this a million times, but have you spent this year where it's the last day of January? It's the last day of January? Have you spent this whole month trying to outlove your spouse? Have you spent this whole month trying to do things for him or her and, and to try to show them and just completely smother them with your love and attention? Or do you get a case of behind because they didn't fold the towels? I wish I could play the piano. I'd be all on the piano. We get so mad about some goofy things. You can be this person forever. Please, try giving the exact same thing you want back. I know we talked about this a couple series ago. If you want your spouse to pay more attention to you, start doing that to them. If you want your spouse to start showing just what I call uh, unprovoked affections of love, do that yourself. Start giving and see what you get. So as you stay with me, I'll make it, I'll make it short because this is, this is uncomfortable for a lot of people. <laughs> I do have to say this. I don't know why I'm saying it. I'm going to say it. If it's not for you, it's going to go right by you. If it is for you, I hope it sticks you right in your forehead. <laughs> when you said I do, you and your spouse became family. Stop putting them second, third, and fourth to your old family. Well, my sister, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, you didn't marry any of them, hopefully. Your spouse is supposed to come first. That's what I told Nora. You, could, you can ask on how much she's getting this because I, when I talk, I talk fast in English, even faster in Spanish. I said, when we, when we get married, it's going to be me and you against the world. I said, I don't care who turns on us, who talks about us, who attacks us. I said, back to back, me and you, girl. If anybody is going down, both of us are going down together. But I'm not letting anybody or anything get in between of us, between us. I will quit a job. I will quit a church. 
I will move. I will do whatever I got to do to save my marriage and to make sure that's the most important thing. And she knows it. We've walked away from churches. We've walked away from, from cities and states. We, we, we've, we've not gone to countries. We've not taken churches. All of this. Why? Because my opportunity and money comes and goes. I only have one Nora. I want, you, I want you to have the best marriage. I want your kids to adore you. I want your kids, I want dads, I want your little girls to say, you know what? I know how to treat a woman because I watch daddy treat mommy this way. <clears throat> I want little girls to be super, super picky about a boyfriend or a husband because no, 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 no. Dad is the standard. How many of us can say that? How many of us had a standard dad or a standard mom that says, you know what? No, I'm not just going to marry any woman. No, no, no. Mommy, show, mom, show me what a real woman is supposed to be. Dad, show me what a real man, what a real husband is supposed to be. Dad, show me what a, or mommy, show me what a real wife is supposed to be. I want to show that to my boys. I want to show my boys these things. And I can't show them that by trading my time with my wife for stuff. So what do we do, Pastor? I'll give you an out. You want selfish time? Get up early. How early? So early they'll never even know. So if, if my wife wakes up at 6, I wake up at 3. So by the time I've done all the me time, I'm handing her coffee at 6 a.m. I've already got up, got dressed, went out, came back, ate a meal. Here's your coffee, baby. Oh, now I got to go to work. But do not take time from your spouse doing you stuff. Do I got the mad face on, Kendall? I don't got the mad face, do I? Nora says, you're going to cry or mad? I'm not mad. I'm not going to cry. Neither one of them. I'm just passionate. Please don't mistake my passion for anger or being condescending. I am not trying to be either one of those. Uh, what I'm saying is, is if you want to do something, don't let your family sacrifice. Don't, don't sacrifice your family for it. Rearrange your schedule. You sleep less. You get up early. You do those things. C3, I told you this year that I am not going to preach stuff that might impress you. I'm not trying to preach stuff so you'll repost it. I'm not preaching so someone might hear me and invite me. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care about is I feel like I got a mandate from God to make sure that what I'm preaching, I'm not only making, I'm making well-rounded Christians with healthy families, with healthy walks of God, with healthy children and marriages. That's what I'm trying to do. So what do you say? The man who can really play the piano is up here now. What do you say? I don't know about you, but I can be a better husband. I could be a better dad. I still got my mom with me. I could be a better son. But I want to make sure that I am not giving my marriage nor my family away. So what do you say? As Todd sings, can we find a place to pray? If your family is here, the one you love is here, grab them by the hand. Pray with them. Let's make sure that we have strong, strong families.